This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, I'm finishing up my series called Healing Forces. Amen? Or you could say Abundant Life Forces. Praise God. Because Jesus died that we could have life and have it what? More abundantly. So we've been in this series uh, talking about spiritual forces. And these spiritual forces are actually gifts that God gives to each one of us that gets saved. Amen. Uh, Each one of us that are saved, uh, receive Jesus, are saved. And that word saved means sozo. So we can walk in the fullness. And sozo means healing, wholeness, soundness, preservation, protection, prosperity and eternal life. So that's what salvation actually means. So I believe that we all can walk in different degrees of the blessings of salvation. So some of us can be more healed than others. Some of us can walk in more wholeness than others. Some of us uh, are, are walking in preservation and protection and prosperity. And I believe that there's levels. And I don't know about you, but I want to go to the highest how many people want to go to the highest level in your, in, in your salvation? I want to go to the highest level. And so I, I'm going to say this, that, that we can develop that, that our salvation to where we can walk in that highest level. I like what it says in 3 John 1 and 2. This is uh, the beloved John, the Apostle John, the, the Apostle that was the last one to, to, to actually, they try, he was the only one that wasn't, killed when they tried to um, uh, cruise, uh, kill him. Uh, he, they, they say that he was tr- boiled in oil, but God preserved him. And so he ended up on an island. But, but John was the one that would boast that he was the one that Jesus loved the most. So I believe that when you get a revelation of God's love and how much he loves you, I'm telling you, you're going to be long, living a long life. Amen. And so, and so John talked about that, and he talked about what's interesting is that he got a revelation in 3 John 2, and, and he got this revelation, he says, Beloved, speaking to us, he says, I wish above all things. And that's a pretty powerful statement that he says, I wish above all things. I mean, above all things. Not, not just, uh, in other words, it, it, putting first things first. I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So it sounds like to me that the Apostle John got a revelation, and some people kind of put down what they say, the health and wealth gospel. Like, they say, that, like, that's bad. No, no it, you know, God, Jesus died and received stripes to make us healthy. I don't think it's bad to walk in health. Amen. I think it's a good thing to be healthy. I, Jesus paid for that. And, and so in the scripture that Jesus taught, that, that we, we can go to, because this is Healing Sunday, and on Healing Sunday, I have to read this scripture. I can't not have a Healing Sunday. This is Healing Sunday morning, the first Sunday. And I have to read this scripture because this is a scripture that reveals what Jesus did on the cross for us. And it gives us a revelation of his love for us. And it's in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. It says, Surely he, talking about Jesus, has borne our griefs 
and I'm, I'm reading out the Amplified this morning. He bore our sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and he carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But God, as it was with leprosy, but he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our guilt and iniquities, the chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him, and with his stripes that was wounded, we are healed and made whole. I love that. So, so Jesus paid the price. He pray, paid the price for our griefs, for our sorrows, for our sicknesses, and for our pains. That's powerful. So, so, so you, in other words, he paid all this price so that, we, you know, he, he paid our griefs so that we don't have to grieve. We don't have to be sad. We can be happy Christians. We can be happy people, glory to God. He, 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 he paid for our sicknesses when he received stripes on his body so we don't have to walk in sickness. We can walk in healing. Look at your neighbor and say, you can walk in healing. And the problem is some of us are trying to walk in healing, but we haven't obtained that level yet. But somebody say, I'm getting there. You're getting there, amen? And I love this because it's health and it, it is a gospel of prosperity, amen? Because the wealthy scripture here, it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, that through he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. So Jesus became poor. He became poor two ways. He became poor when he left heaven. Because le- heaven is a wealthy place. If you don't believe that God wants you wealthy, you're going to be shocked when you get to heaven. Because it's going to have mansions and streets of gold. It's going to have pearly gates. It's going to have jasper and jewels and walls. And it's going to be so beautiful and so gorgeous. Glory to God. So don't, get, don't, don't down the message that God wants you healthy and that God wants you wealthy. And I know that money isn't everything. I like what one person said. Money isn't everything. But I'd rather cry in a Bentley than in a bus. Amen. Money isn't everything. But, 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 but it, it sure helps even if we're going through some tough times. Can, can I get a witness in the house today? So, so I want to see God's blessings of health and healing uh, on your lives in the fullness. Now, we talked about spiritual forces this month, and we started off by, anybody remember what was the first spiritual force? I know it's been, it's going on five weeks. You, I know I'm jogging your memory. But the first spiritual force to obtain healing and wholeness in your life is the spiritual force of faith. Faith. Amen. And, uh, and, and faith is not just a spiritual force that we can walk in, but it's a spiritual force that God has given each one of us. Amen. And I like what it says in Romans 12, 3. It says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but he ought to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So right here, 
the, the Apostle Paul has got the revelation that God has, once you receive you know, salvation, you have, I've got to get out of my seat today, you have the God kind of faith. Somebody say, I have the God kind of faith. You have the faith that can move mountains. And you might say, well, I beg the different pastor, I'm just trying to make it. Well, you've got to be doing better than just trying to make it. Amen. You have the God kind of faith, amen, that can move mountains. And you might say, well, I don't have a lot of faith. Jesus said you don't have to have a lot of faith. All you need is faith is a seed of a mustard seed. And if you have that kind of faith, what kind of faith is mustard seed faith? It's, It's the faith that speaks, believes, and expects. Amen. And so when you're walking in that force of faith, you have that God kind of faith that created the worlds in the very beginning. You've got to believe that. Did not Jesus say the works that I do, you can do because I go to the Father? Well, if I, we can do the works that Jesus does, that means that we have the God kind of faith. Number two, spiritual force that I talked about in the series It's the spiritual force of love. And we're not going to walk in divine health or the abundant life without walking in the love of God. Amen. And and I love this because in Romans 5, 5, it says that the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So you have, can can I bring it to the next level? You have the God kind of love on the inside of you. That means you can love like Jesus loves. And you might be saying, I'm having a problem loving, Pastor. Well, if you're having a problem loving, then you need to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 13, uh, verses 4 through 8, and read the Amplified every day. And when you start studying the love chapter, glory to God, it will start to take, and you're going to start walking in the love of God. And then... If you're still having problems with walking in love, study uh, 1 John. Because 1 John uh, talks all about love in that chapter. And start reading 1 John. I'm I'm giving you that free today. I'm not going to charge you for that tidbit. That wasn't in my notes. Amen? And so number three, uh, spiritual force. If you're going to walk in divine health, you're going to have to learn to walk in peace or you're going to have to learn to rest. Amen? Because, you know, sometimes I'm praying for people up here, and they're trying to get something. I say, no, no, and they're trying to pray why I'm praying. I say, don't pray, just receive. They're trying to get something, but what you need to do is just relax and receive. And some of us are trying to get something when God has already given it to us. So all we need to do is learn to rest In the promises of God. Look at your neighbor and say, learn to rest. And I'm telling you, one of the hardest things that we can do is learn to be at peace or to rest. And peace is a gift from God. Uh, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, John 14, 27. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so, so, so that peace is a peace that the world can't give. So the world can't give you this peace, but God can. Amen. You have the Prince of Peace 
abiding on the inside of you. You believe that today? And you just have to walk in it, glory to God. Now, the, the fourth spiritual force is what I talked about was joy. Somebody say joy. joy. And I'm telling you, you got to get joyful. The Bible talks about rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. What does rejoice mean? That means you're amping up your joy. You got to rejoice. Somebody say rejoice. And so we got we to gotta rejoice in the Lord. And then the, the uh, uh, joy stands for Jesus on you or Jesus others you. Glory to God. So when Jesus is first, others are second. And then you put yourself last. Amen. In other words, the greatest of all will be servant of all. And God will take care of you. You believe that today? And I love this. It says here in John 15, 11, these things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be made full. Think about that. Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you that my joy, whose joy? The Lord's joy can be in you. Do you believe that today? Because see, even God, the Bible says, when, when, the end, when, when people are coming against God and trying to speak all kinds of negative, it talks about this in Psalms 2, the Bible says that God doesn't get upset, he laughs. The Bible says he sits on his throne and laughs. Why? Because the people's plans that come against God will not, will, will not come through. In other words, will not uh, come to pass. Amen. So whatever the devil has planned for you, you need to start laughing. And I'm telling you, you start laughing at what the devil is trying to do. He will run from you in terror. Now, I love this because you need to check out the message from last week because joy, it, it, it goes into us walking in righteousness. And, and this is how you walk in joy. It says in, in the verse above that, it says, as the father loves me, John 15, 9 and 10, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you abide in my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I kept my father's commandments and abided in his love. So, uh, so keeping God's commandments it, it equates to walking in God's love. Walking in God's love and obeying his commandments will produce the joy of the Lord in your lives. See, sin will make us sad. I'm going to say that again. Sin will bring us down. But walking in righteousness under God's mighty hand will always Bring us up. So today I want to talk to you about the spiritual force of patience. Oh, did you have to go there, Pastor? To tell you the truth, I have a hard time. I had a, I, you know, I don't even like preaching on patience because I, 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 man, you got to be careful. I, I'm trying to still work on patience in my own life. Anybody trying to work on patience in your own life? So, so if, so patience is the spiritual force and, and patience undergirds Every spiritual force that I just spoke about, it undergirds faith because you can't have faith without patience. You can't have love without patience because love is patient. You can't have peace without patience. You can't have joy without patience. So patience is connected in all of these spiritual forces that we walk in. If you're out of patience, you're out of love. Is that right? 
Patience is the ability to wait on something with a good attitude until you see it come to pass. That's my definition. Patience is the ability to wait on something with a good attitude. What, pastor? I am waiting, but I'm really in a bad attitude while I'm waiting. No, you've got to have a good attitude in the waiting room until you see the blessings of God in your life. Why? Because the devil's trying to shut down your praise. See, while you're in the waiting room, believing God for your breakthrough, believing God for your healing, you've got to maintain a right heart attitude. Because if your heart attitude is down and downtrodden, then your faith is not operating like it needs to. And so, and so, so faith really is a positive force. And we've got to stay, look at your name and say, stay positive. Stay positive. Amen. So we've got to stay positive. Amen. So, so praise God. So, so, so there, there's, there's a saying that you may have heard. That, that, that I believe holds true. God is rarely early, but he's never late. Amen. Have you ever heard that before? God is rarely early, but he's never late. In other words, God is always on time. I wish, he, I wish God was early. But see, see, if God was early, then you may not be ready. Mm, I'm preaching to somebody today. You may not be ready for what God has for you. You may not have the maturity to handle it. Amen. You may not have the ability to handle what God wants to give you. Amen. And so, and so God doesn't work on our timetable. For his, for his manifest promises are revealed on his timetable and not our timetable. Amen? It, it was like, you know, this, 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 this man that was praying and he got a, uh, and he was talking to, and Jesus appeared to him. And, and then he asked, he had Jesus, you know, about time. And he said, what is a day uh, like for you? And, and he said, day, uh, Jesus said, a day is like a thousand years. Have you ever heard that? In God's time. And he said, what is a million, uh, uh, so, so, so he said, so what is a minute to you? Well, a minute's like a hundred years. And he said, well, what is a million dollars to you, Lord? And the Lord said, a million dollars is like a penny to you. And then he asked him, Lord, can you give me a million dollars? And the Lord said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. A hundred years. So, so what am I, what am I saying? What am I saying? Sometimes God's timetable is different than our timetable. Amen. I remember, you know, uh, uh, you know, getting married in 2007, but I was believing for a wife for many, many years. My timetable wasn't God's timetable. Amen. And, God, and I got married, you know, at 40, glory to God, and, but it was God's perfect timing. Amen. And I would have preferred earlier, but Yen would have been 13 at the time that I. <laughs> because I'm married, I married a younger woman. Amen. She's 15 years younger than me. I know I, I know because I, I look so young. I know that we almost look like we're the same age. Glory to God. Amen. And uh, but if I if I got married 15 years earlier, oh, my God, she'd be a teenager. Amen. 
In other words, sometimes God allows time to come in the process to get us ready or to get the circumstances ready or to get the situation ready because sometimes it takes people to come into our existence and people have to be made ready. Am I preaching? Am I preaching? And so it takes a process of time and don't, don't blame God because it's taken too long. You got to be very careful that you're not saying, God, you're, 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 you're taking way too long. No, no, no. Your faith needs to come up to the level of the grace that God has for you. You can tweet that. Your faith has to come up to the level of God's grace that he has for you. Let me give you some of my favorite patient scriptures. Are you ready? You better write these down because, you know, all of us, get a little weary in our well-doing at times. Can I, can I preach to somebody today? And I love this because this is a great scripture. It's in Hebrews 6.12. It says that, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. I love that. I love the uh, Amplified, so that you will not be spiritually sluggish, but will instead be imitators of those who through faith lean on God with absolute trust and confidence in Him and in His power, and by the patient endurance, even when suffering, are now inheriting the promises. So point number one, to keep your patience, you must guard against being lazy or dull in your faith and believe in God for your healing. In other words, sometimes we pray a prayer And we're excited about the prayer that we're praying. And we're all locked into faith. And then pretty soon, we don't stay on on alert and believing God. We're not keeping our believing going. And we forget about the prayer that we prayed last week. Am I talking to anybody today? In other words, we, oh, did I pray about that last week? No, you got to keep your faith. You got to keep your faith alive. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your faith alive. So, in other words, you've got to keep your faith, your faith switched turned on. Amen. In other words, you've got to keep on believing and never giving up. You've got to keep your switch of believing on. In other words, you've got to keep your expect, expectors on. You've got to be expecting every day that something good is going to happen. Because you're going to get what you expect. And I'm expecting something good. I'm expecting this Christmas is going to be one of my best Christmases ever. Somebody say, this Christmas will be one of my best Christmases ever. Amen. You got to believe that. Amen. And I love this in Luke. It says in Luke 18, and he spoke a parable, verse 1, unto them to the end that men ought to always pray and not faint. So what does that mean? That means that, that we ought to continually pray. And, and it, it goes into Luke 18, 2 through 8. I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to tell you about it. But it's about this unjust judge and this lady that was, you know, was defrauded. And she came to the unjust judge. And it says because of her, basically her persistence, he said, you know, that he was unjust. He didn't, he, he didn't really care about people. But he got, he got concerned that she would continue to pester him. In other words, the, 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 the squeaky wheel gets the grease. 
And she and so he came to a point where he says, I got to I got to give her her decree, what she wanted. And then 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 the Lord said that that God is not like the unjust God. And he said that people are crying out to God and God will deliver them speedily. And then it says, will God find faith on the earth? In other words, will God still find you actively believing him for the promise? Or are you going to be in that place where you've given up? Listen, listen, I'm not going to give up. Why? Because Jesus did not give up on me. When he was in the garden, he could have gave up. He was praying, Lord, if there could be another way. But he said, nevertheless, not my will. But thy will be done. So your, your faith has to be activated. Now, keys to, to, be, to, to having your prayers answered in the waiting room, because some of you are in the waiting room, believing God for the breakthrough. Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says this way. These are some keys, some three keys. You have to rejoice evermore. Pray. Now, here we go again. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. Now, while you're in the waiting room, you need to be rejoicing. When you're in the waiting room, you need to continue bringing up, you know, the, the, what you're believing God for and thanking Him for it. When you're in the waiting room, you've got to continue to rejoice, pray, and thank God. And eventually, there it is. That's how I received my wife. I started believing, thanking God, and all of a sudden she showed up at church. There she is, Miss America. Showed up at the church. Amen. We had a lot more, and when I got married, some of the ladies left the church. The single ladies. Amen. Amen. But, but Amen. And she came in, I'm telling you, I'm, God is so good, amen? Somebody said, I, I saw you when she came in, and your eyes lit up, amen? Glory to God. So I'm going to say this, God is moving, amen? Say, God is moving. Even when it doesn't look like he's moving. Number two, do, uh, it says in Hebrews 10, 35, another patient scripture, cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, so that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. I love that. I love what the New Living Translation says. It says, do not throw away the confident trust in the Lord. Remember that, gr- that great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all that He has promised you. Point number two, keep, to keep your patience, guard against losing your confidence in God. Because losing your confidence in God will, will try to cause you to give up in this life. So, so when we don't see immediate the healing or what we're believing God for. So don't lose your confidence in God. Amen. Make, understand this, that God is true to his word. Now, let me give you some scriptures that reveal this fact. In Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and shall he not do it? Or has he spoken, and shall he not make it good? 
Amen. That's a word promise that God is true to his word. Number two, uh, Jeremiah had a vision. And God would speak to people in visions uh, in the Old Testament. He still does it today. And, and God gave him a vision of what, what he was going to do uh, for the nation of Israel. And, um, and it says here in Jeremiah 1.12, then, then, then said the Lord unto me, Thou hast well seen, for I will hasten my word to perform it. God gives the vision, and then God said to Jeremiah, I will hasten my word to perform it. And the Amplified, it says, you have seen well, for I am actively watching over my word to fulfill it. So, so, so if you're speaking God's word, he's actively, see, you got to be doing something. You got to be speaking something. You got to be speaking his promise of healing in your life for him to be actively, I'm preaching to somebody today, actively watching over his word to perform it. Amen. Amen. I love what it says in Isaiah 55, 11. It says, so that my word be that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing where I send it. I love that. And you can say, well, that's out of God's mouth. Well, God owns your mouth. Can I say that again? God owns your mouth. He owns everything Man, he, you're, you're bought twice over by right of creation. And number two, by the blood of Christ, you're owned twice over. And so if you're speaking God's word, it's as good as, oh, I'm going to another level today. It's as good as God speaking it. Oh, oh man, I just said something today. I'm telling you, glory to God. Bill Winston has nothing on Pastor David, glory to God. I'm telling you, if you're speaking the word, I'm sounding a little bit like Bill Winston up here, man. If you're speaking, because he, he speaks high faith, glory. If you're speaking the word of God, it's as good as God's. Oh, my Lord. Come on, let that sink in. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. It says here, so my word that goes forth out of my mouth, it shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in a thing where I send it. The Amplified says it this way, so my word be which goes out of my mouth, it will not return to me void, useless, without result, without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in a matter for which I sent it. Now, now I'm going to, I'm going to, Bunting it up with this last scripture here. It says here that in Psalms 89, 34, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that goes out of my lips. In the New English translation, it says, I will not break my covenant or go back on what I promised. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So, so we got to get a revelation here that, that, that point number two, we got to guard our, our life and, and, and keep our confidence in God. These scriptures will help you keep your confidence in God. Don't ever lose your confidence in God's ability to break you loose of any disease, of anything that's attacking your life. Number three, another scripture I love, let us not grow weary in becoming discouraged. This is Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary in becoming discouraged and doing good. For at the proper time, we'll reap if we do not give in. Point number three, to keep your, uh, to, to keep, uh, your, uh, 
Patience, guard it. You've got, you got to guard against growing weary and discouraged in the process of the promise. You've got to guard against growing weary and discouraged. Amen? So you must, so I'm going to say this, you must stay strong and courageous to see the promise in your life. In Joshua 1.8, it says here, this is the key, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you, thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that thou may observe to do according to all that's written in it. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. What's keeping us from good success? Meditating and speaking the Word of God. You have to meditate on it and think about the Word of God until it gets into your hearts, glory to God. And it takes time to do that. How do you learn? Learning comes through repetition. you got to keep hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Some people say, well, how come you keep preaching the same things? Until you guys are walking like Jesus, I'm going to keep preaching, walking in faith and victory every Sunday. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? I just say it a little different way, a, a different twist in it, glory to God. And so, and so you've got to get a revelation of the goodness of God in your life. Let's talk about some patriarchs that through faith and patience inherit the promises. We talk, let's talk about Noah, a patriarch in the Old Testament. It says in Hebrews 11, 7, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen, and yet moved with fear, prepared an ark, to the saving of his house by that which he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness which is of faith. It took Noah many years to complete the ark and for God's promise to come to pass of the rain that would flood the earth. But Noah stayed faithful in doing good and building the ark and the promise came. And I'm going to say this, as long as you stay faithful in meditating on a word, speaking the word, Coming to church, you're building your ark, and the storms of life will not be able to blow you down when the storms come into your lives. You are building an ark of safety as you come to church, as you serve God faithfully. You're building an ark of safety like Noah. Can I preach to somebody today? Abraham, the, he's called the father of our faith. And it's interesting that it took Abraham 25 years to attain the promise of Isaac. Amen. And how did he do it? Well, he did it by Romans 4, 18 and 21. It says, who contrary to hope, in hope, believed so that he became the father of many nations. Notice it says, contrary to hope, in hope. In other words, another translation says, against all hope. He hoped. In other words, it may look like the circumstance or the situation that you're dealing with may look like it's impossible. But, but, but if you believe God, I'm going to say this, God can do the impossible. God specializes in impossibilities. And it says here that, that, that Abraham, uh, against all hope, hope believed so that he became the father of many nations, according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be, and not being weak in faith. Say no weak faith here. He did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old. So what is this saying is you can't consider 
all the things that are against you. Don't consider that disease that might be in your body. I'm not going to consider it. I've been fighting some cold symptoms. And uh, I know you can't tell, glory to God. And uh, I've been fighting some cold symptoms and, you know, coughing a little bit. Uh, and, uh, and just dealing with that, not really feeling tired or anything. And I laid off of working out and I said, and yesterday I said, man, I've been, I've been out, out of the gym for a week. I said, I got to get back in the gym. I got to get back in the gym. And I'm telling you, yesterday I got in the gym and I had one of my best workouts. Glory to God. Did some car. I, it was a light workout, but did some cardio. <laughs> glory to God. Did some weight training. Glory to God. And man, I just felt like a million dollars drawing interest. Glory to God. I felt amazing. And I pushed through. And I'm telling you, I'm, I, you just got to keep moving. Whenever the enemy hits you, just keep moving. It's hard for the devil to hit a moving target. You just got to keep moving. Just get up. Just get up. Amen. And it says here that he didn't consider the deadness of his body or his, his wife, Sarah's womb. He did not waver. Notice that he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced what God promised that he would be able to perform it. So somebody say, in other, somebody say, I'm fully convinced that God is able. You got to believe that God is able no matter what. Joseph endured 13 years of suffering before he became the prime, <coughs> by Jesus Christ on the hill, before he became the prime minister of Egypt. You got, you got to speak to the symptoms. Glory to God. If I get a cough, I'm going to speak by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Glory to God. Amen. And uh, over 20 years, he said 13 years to become the prime minister. In other words, he was 17 when he got thrown in the pit. But he was, at age 30, uh, Joseph became the prime minister. But the fullness of the vision did not happen at age 30. He became the prime minister, but it was a process of time. It took at least seven years of seven good years for him to store up the grain. And then within the, the, the second part of the seven years, his brothers came and bowed to him. So it may have took over 20 years for the vision to come to that. Though the vision tarries, wait for it. It will surely come to pass. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation that's, you know, why did Joseph have to wait? In Psalms 105, 17 through 19, it says he sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons in the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. So we see here uh, another uh, uh, translation says that his character was tested. So, so in the process of the word uh, testing Joseph, the word tests us and the word tests our character and what we're going to do when we're not seeing things happen as soon as we want them to happen. So, the word, so what am I saying to you today? You're waiting because you're in character development. Amen. Now, now I'm, I'm trying to close out here, but, but it seems like these stories of people getting healed and delivered and set free, even in the New Testament, there was time always involved. In Luke 13, there was a lady that was bent over, and the Bible says in Luke 13, 11 to 13, she was bent over with an infirmity for 18 years. 
18 years. In other words, she was going to church for 18 years bent over. Think about this. She, was go- she didn't make an excuse. She didn't say, I can't make it to the synagogue today. I'm bent over. She came to church even in her affliction. And with her coming in for eight, 18 years, 18 years, who Satan has bound, Jesus shows up that, that, that Saturday. And Jesus shows up, and guess what? He says, daughter, rise uh, and, and, and raise, be raised up, glory to God. I'm paraphrasing it. Uh, be loose of your infirmity. And she was loosed on the Sabbath day. Amen. And so, and so I'm going to say this. You never know when God's going to drop his blessing of grace on your life. That's why you need to be in church every day the doors are open. You never know when the anointing of God is going to heal your body, deliver you, and set you free. She was faithful in coming out for 18 years, and Jesus saw her faithfulness. Then we got the woman with the issue of blood in Luke 8, 43-48. And it said she had a flow of blood for 12 years. But she never gave up. She spent all her money on physicians. She did everything she could. Then she heard about Jesus. And so what what did she do? Man, she said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. So she went out of her house, went through the crowd in her weakened state, and she touched the hem of Jesus' garment. I'm going to say this. More than you should be praying that God touch you, you should touch God. I'm saying you need to touch God with your faith. And she touched God with her faith. And Jesus looked around and said, who touched me? The power and the virtue. It wasn't even Jesus' idea. It was her idea. Can God move on your idea? Can God move on your faith? Can the winds of grace blow in your area of your life? Yes, faith will activate the winds of grace in your life, glory to God. And then there was a man that was sick at the pool of Bethesda. And, and he was there, and he was there for many years. I believe it says 38, was it 38 years? Thank you, 38 years. And he was at that pool of Bethesda where it appeared that there was a, a, a pool there where an angel would stir it up. And, 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 and people would get in that pool and they would get healed. And, the, and, and Jesus came to the man and saw him there, saw him in his state for 38 years. Time doesn't make a difference with the power of God when God is moving. And then God said, do you want to be healed? And, and he said, well, there's nobody to put me into the pool. He was just single-minded in how to get healed. You know, there's more than one way that God can heal you. God can heal you through a multitude of ways. And then Jesus said, get up, pick up your pallet, and walk. And I, and I believe it was on the Sabbath. He, 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 healed, he healed that lady that was bent over for eight years on the Sabbath. Why? Because the Sabbath is the day of rest. And I'm telling you, God doesn't want us walking in affliction. God wants us walking in the blessings. And I'm saying this as I close this morning. If you stay patient in the process, you will see the promise Come to pass. Amen. Amen. Stay patient in the process and you'll see the promise come to pass. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we love you. We honor you. We thank you, Father God. 
And we know through faith and patience we inherit the promises. And Father, I thank you, Lord God. Oh, that, 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 that you are moving even when it doesn't look like you're moving. And I thank you, Father God. We're believing you for deliverance. We're believing you for healing. We're believing you for breakthrough. And I thank you, Father God, that you're causing breakthrough in each one of our lives. Perhaps you're here in the audience. Maybe you're listening or watching and you have not received Jesus. You don't know if you died today where you'd spend eternity. Well, today is the day of salvation. And you can know today by confessing Jesus as Lord. If you just pray this prayer with me and me in your heart, it will usher you in to the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just say this and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org 